This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we unjumble an important and sometimes under the radar statewide issue that affects you. I'm Jake Neer. Shana Roth is out this week. And I wanted to get some perspective on the criminal charges handed down against nine individuals related to the Flint water crisis. That includes former Governor Rick Snyder, of course. And for that perspective, I turn to Jim Ananick. He is the state Senate Democratic leader. He is from Flint. He represents Michigan's 27th state Senate district. And we talked a lot about how he's feeling. He tells me his emotions are sort of all over when it comes to this. I mean, I think charging people uh, with this. Obviously, this is a very serious investigation and some very serious charges. It sends a strong message that, you know, no matter, no person, no politician, nobody connected uh, is not, you know, it's not going to be held accountable. This goes all the way to the top. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I think it's, like a lot of people, I feel like we're almost on seven years. I mean, I feel exhausted. You know, I, I hope that this this trial doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go out for, you know, doesn't spend, doesn't take too long to, to come to conclusion, and I hope that there'll, there'll be some convictions. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a, the, the emotions are all over the, all over the spectrum. You know, I think it's important. And some of those, some of those uh, indictments were very serious. And I think it speaks to the system-wide failure at state government. Uh, and, the, you know, just total lack of empathy, lack of concern, and lack of listening to the people in my community. And, and I guess now we're, we're seeing the, seeing that play out in the, in the court system. You know, we're hearing from some residents of Flint right now who are saying they're disappointed. Um, clearly, these these charges do seem to be more severe than the ones that a, a former Attorney General Bill Schuette's office was was pursuing uh, at the time of him leaving office. But there are people saying, you know, the governor could essentially walk away even if he's convicted uh, with a couple thousand dollar fines. I think I heard someone say that that's not even uh, boat gas money for him on the weekend. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts? thoughts about that um you know are are you is that another side of how you're feeling right now that um we could have seen more severe charges well i'll say this i completely understand front residents feelings about that i think a lot of folks watched his actions watched the way he handled the situation both you know uh before it became public and, and after and you know i mean there's a lot of people in front that wanted to see him charged for murder um and that's i think that was uh you know, legal, from a legal standpoint, not realistic. Um, I understand their anger and I understand their frustration. Um, but, I mean, it's the first time in, in, in Michigan's history where a governor, um, you know, he's, you know, sitting or, or, or afterwards has been charged with anything. And willful neglect of duty is a certain standard. I'm not a lawyer, but it's a certain standard. And I think it, 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 sends, a, it sends a message about, um, you know, his culpability uh, in this in this process, if he's found, if he's if he's convicted, so I, I you know I understand people's concerns, um, and maybe the expectations just might not have been uh, it might have been too high uh, for some individuals. And but I under, I understand why they feel the way they do. But if you look at the totality of the charges, um, it's a very serious indictment uh, of the Snyder administration and the way they handled uh, the water in my town. You know, we we talked to you on the show uh, not long after the uh, settlement was announced, and now the governor has signed the the settlement into uh, into law, and and that's moving forward as well on the civil side of things. And we asked you then, uh, as we ask everyone every time there's one of these. 
uh, you know, sort of uh, every time there's news about um, repercussions for the Flint water crisis, how close are we getting to justice? I, I know that you're probably, uh, you know, this, this is one of the hardest questions <laughs> possibly yeah. related to all this, but, uh, and I know you've been asked it a, a million times, but what are you feeling uh, now that we've actually have these charges for these nine people in front of us? What does this mean for justice for the people of Flint? Well, I mean, I, like you said, I've been asked this a number of times. I don't know if I've ever really answered it <laughs> adequately <laughs> just because it's such a difficult question. Yeah. So I started thinking about it like I'm, when I'm not you know, being interviewed. And the way I kind of look at it now is that the Flint water crisis um, is a book, right? And there's a number of chapters and, and justice is going to be its own chapter. Uh, it's definitely not finished yet, uh, but it's, it's starting to fill up, right? And, mm. you know, the largest um, settlement in the state's history, and, and, and I think one thing that's important to note, because there's, there's, there's Flint residents that are not satisfied with that, which I understand as well, there are still three very big players that did not join the settlement, two, two large, two large uh, corporations and the EPA. So, you know, potentially this, this, the, uh, the amount of re- money residents would get could well reach over a billion dollars um, and, then, and then pretty serious charges here. So as the court plays out and, 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 this, and this, this goes forward, and at some point in time, there's a conclusion, especially if there's uh, guilty convictions. Um, I think we'll have, you know, reached a a fair uh, amount of justice. Now, I think the anger people feel, the lack of trust. Uh, there's going to be some people that are never going to feel like we've gotten justice, and I, I understand that. Uh, but I think in the system that we have, um, we're moving towards having a, a pretty fair amount of justice. Uh, it doesn't take away the the poison that, that the kids were, uh, the families were ingesting. The damage may be done neurologically to, to, to children. Um, but hopefully it, it does tell people when you come forward and you tell people there's something wrong, something hurting my family, and that you're ignored, you're belittled, uh, you know, you're attacked and you're lied to, that there will be consequences for that. And hopefully that sends a message, not just here in Michigan, but all over the country that when, when elected officials and, and appointed officials and, and, you know, the powerful do that to the little people, it's every, every once in a while the little person wins. And hopefully this will be a way to, for them to win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm curious um, about kind of comparing this to when what I mentioned earlier, uh, when we saw former Attorney General Bill Schuette, um releasing some charges uh, near the end of his term as Attorney General. Talk about the difference in, in what we saw then and what we're seeing now. Well, I think the major difference is just the approach uh, to the, you know, the, the, you know, the sort of the criminal justice approach. Right. So that this attorney general. Uh, did it internally, set up a wall. A much former Attorney General Schuette set up a wall as well, but he held, he had outside counsel do it at a much more, um, a much more cost to the taxpayer. Um, <clears throat> this this one put her uh, her Solicitor General, so the top sort of lawyer for the for the Attorney General, and then Prosecutor Worthy, and almost everything was done, you know, uh, diligently uh, and quietly, which is how you do generally do a. A trial um, where uh, uh, Attorney General Schuette did, you know, sort of press conference after press conference after press conference, and it, it gave a lot of hype to families that there was going to be this, uh, you know, this large amount of justice. And over a number of years, just nothing happened. Um, so, you know, um, I mean, obviously, this is why there's this is why there's skepticism in Flint. This is why there's doubt, um, <clears throat> all those kinds of things because of what happened there. So it's just a different approach. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, as an elected official, but a, a, a kid from Flint, I was concerned, and I was concerned up until 
probably last year when um, I, I, I was, you know, just like most of us do, I saw a pop up in the news that said a uh, Macomb County prosecutor indicted. And a week later, he's out of office. Mm. And I knew nothing about that case. Right. And none of us did. I, well, I shouldn't say none of us didn't. I mean, I sure as heck didn't. And that showed me that when they have a case, they take it very seriously. They keep it very quiet. They do the work. And when they do an indictment, uh, they generally have the people dead to rights. And um, that made me think, well, they tell me this is a very serious case. I, I was not updated. I was updated often under shooting. I was not given updates. And I'm okay with mm. that. I, I, don't, I don't need special treatment. I mean, I, if a criminal investigation should be done the proper way. And, and I, I, from what I gather, it looks like it was. And one of the criticisms I'm seeing from the other side, sort of the establishment folks, is this is just a, a, a publicity stunt. And, and, and the, the argument I would make to that, even though it's not my job to defend the attorney general's office, is they've done no publicity on it. Like, if mm-hmm. it was a publicity stunt, the way we heard about it all was through Snyder's lawyers. So I, I don't, uh, you know, I just don't see that. And I think, you know, willful neglect is a different standard. Obviously, it's different than just saying you made a mistake in your duties, because I think if you can't have that be the, the standard because everybody makes mistakes. Sure. Willful neglect will, will be and obviously in the charging documents and going forward, they'll prove how they got to that conclusion and, and we'll see what the results are. But I mean, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, this is a, a day of mixed emotions for a lot of people in Flint. And, uh, you know, when this is all over with, we'll, um, we'll be able to sit back and look to see if justice was, was finally delivered and, and hopefully it will be. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm speaking with State Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananick. He's a Democrat from Flint representing Michigan's 27th State Senate District. Uh, and Senator Ananick, um, there's also a lot of questions right now about who wasn't charged here. Uh, Chad Livengood of Crane's Detroit Business pointed out yesterday in a tweet that there are emails that show the Genesee County Health Department sat on Legionnaires outbreak. It sat on the Legionnaires outbreak for almost a year, but never informed the Flint area public. Uh, no officials from McLaren Hospital, which was ground zero for the Legionnaires outbreak, have faced uh, charges at this point for not making information known. Um, do you think there should be more people uh, facing charges here? No, I think. Uh, let me. Let me. This is what I've, I've said from the beginning, and I'll continue to say this. Um, I want the law and the facts to take to, to, to go where, where they should go. I don't I've never said from the beginning anyone should be charged and I don't want anyone to be held um, harm. I don't want anyone to be off limits either. That's all mm-hmm. I've ever said is I want no one should be held. Uh, no one should be held to a different standard. No one should be off limits. And I, I don't I didn't start this thing saying that person should go to jail. Uh, and I want to continue with that. I mean, I, I'm obviously a, a resident here. I want to have justice. But, uh, you know, if if. If people start saying, why not that person, why not that person, um, especially if they're not attorneys and, and they're not part of the investigation, I just think that's a, um, you know, it's just not my place to do that. So that's just not the way I'm going to handle this this this, this uh, investment investigation. I did the same thing under Attorney General Schutte. That's just going to be my position. I'll let it, I'll let the courts play out the legal system and, and the, you know, obviously they can, they, can, they, can, they can charge more people later if they want to. They can add charges. I mean, that's, that's how the system works. I, I don't know if they're going to or not, and, and that really – frankly, isn't my concern. You know, as, as someone who sat through uh, especially the initial uh, state Senate oversight hearings on this, which you uh, were co-chair um, on that committee, um, you know, it to me, or sorry, you were uh, the uh, the ranking Democrat on the committee. Um, yeah. You know, thinking back at that time uh, and sitting in that room, I've been thinking a lot about it lately because of 
what we're seeing in the Senate Oversight Committee uh, recently with the way that they've react, re- reacted to the election and, uh, you know, allowing uh, some, you know, conspiracy theories, but especially uh, with um, the use of um, uh, being actually using um, subpoena power, uh, which was never used in the, the Flint water crisis. I'm curious, uh, I'd, I'd like to get your perspective on on that and sort of comparing um you know, I think there are a lot of questions that that brings up. Uh, of course, that was uh, a few years ago, but it brings up questions of priorities, right? You know, the yeah. that 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 these were powers that were never uh, exercised during the biggest public health crisis before COVID here in Michigan, um, man-made crisis in this case um, that yeah. government was responsible for. Um, and, uh, and, and now suddenly we're, we're using, uh, all the, the powers that we have to go after conspiracy theories. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's troubling. You know, I think it's, uh, it's troubling. Even if Clint wasn't around, uh, this would be troubling what's going on in the oversight committee, especially in the house where they allowed, you know, uh, the attorneys for the, the president to come make wild baseless accusations and basically take over the committee. Um, I would say I felt sorry for Chairman Hall, but, you know, he's a grown he's a grown man. He could have any time stopped that farce from happening. But, uh, you know, he just you know, I guess when you're at the circus, you can either be you can either sit back and eat the popcorn or you can be a clown. And he chose to be he, he chose to join in and be a clown. But uh, for Flynn, I asked for subpoena power. Uh, I asked that witnesses be sworn in and they were they were sworn in, which is important. Um, but, you know, we couldn't compel anyone to be there. Uh, and I asked for a number of people who, you know, we'd have had to have subpoenaed because they wouldn't have came otherwise. Uh, I think we had a very serious number of people. And I think Chairman Stamas did a good job. And I think the members of the committee, by and large, took it very seriously. Um, <clears throat> and um, but I think this is my philosophy on oversight. This is my philosophy on ethics. This is my philosophy on advising consent. It doesn't matter who's in the governor's office. We have a serious role to play when it comes to uh, oversight. We have serious checks and balances that are real. And I think you should, I think every oversight committee should be evenly based. I think it should be, um, have, I think it should swear in its um, folks that come before them, and I think it has, should have subpoena power. And it should not be used as a witch hunt or an attempt to help a party or hurt a party. Uh, I just think that's just not the way you should operate. But uh, they chose to go a different way. Uh, they took a, a, an oversight committee for Flint and did a pretty good job with it. And then they chose to use the, um, the, the obviously, the, now debunked claim of election fraud with no evidence at all, uh, any way, shape, or form, and you know, uh, use it as a farce, and still couldn't prove. With all those tactics and techniques, they still couldn't have any evidence come forward of election fraud. It's really kind of sad because they're playing into the delusions of individuals uh, that want to believe that President Trump lost. Instead of saying there was no election fraud, people lied to you, we have to move on as a country and heal. They're continuing. Some of them are still, to this day, continuing it. That's that's the real troubling part, uh, because in America, you settle up for an election, you, you do the best you can, and you count the votes. And if you have more, you won. If you if you have less, you lost. That's just the way it goes. You can't take your ball and go home. And they're fomenting a lot of this insurrection that's happening. And I think they're going to look back at history and and hopefully realize they were wrong uh, and and realize they did some really dangerous things and stop it. They should stop it now before mm-hmm. someone gets hurt here in our state. Going back to the the Snyder's actions during the Flint water crisis and what was happening in Lansing at the time, um, you know, 
I think at the time, um, and I might get some flack for this, uh, this isn't necessarily one way or another supposed to be me reflecting on how I think uh, the, the job that Snyder himself did or, or anything like that. But, um, you know, I never got the sense as someone who who knew Rick Snyder at the time and, and, and people in his administration uh, especially when it was first revealed what was was fully revealed what was going on there um, that that I'm not one of these people that thinks that uh, Rick Snyder had any uh, you know overt malicious intent in Flint um, and there was a lot of talk right away that you know all the things that uh, Rick Snyder was going to do and what he wanted to do and even Republicans saying uh, were going to happen to make this right um, it seemed like in those days that he wanted, to make it right, at least outwardly. Um, but, you know, uh, none of a lot of those things never materialized. And that's one thing that I think is, uh, is, is, is an issue here. But what always hit me more was sort of sitting in the House chamber when Republicans rushed through the revamped emergency manager law on steroids in the middle of the night in December of 2012, when residents were sleeping, when, when they passed budget after budget that continued to disinvest in Michigan cities, especially majority black cities, uh, those and other those and other actions seemed to, you know, they seem more blatantly malicious in so many ways. But there's no accountability for those kinds of system, systematic things that led to things like the Flint water crisis and other municipal crises all over the state. Uh, all of those systems are still in place. 100%. And I had a, a decent potential partner in former Speaker Chatfield in revamping uh, the emergency manager law. He was willing to do it. Um, and I, I genuinely believe that because we had a number hmm. of conversations with his staff about sort of, and I, I wasn't planning on you know, introducing bills to get rid of the emergency manager law and say, I told you so, because that's just not how I operate, right? It was just going to be saying, look, you have to have a system in place if schools and local governments get into into financial problems and they can't get out of them. Every state has some form of uh, a system, emergency system, if that happens. But the current system we have is, is doesn't work. It's broken. It is, is, is worse than that. It does damage. And no one's going to use it again because of what happened in Flint. Mm-hmm. But it's still on the books. But I couldn't get my Republican colleagues, either last, last term or this term, at least so far, to take it seriously. And I get it. They voted for it. And nobody wants to admit, um, nobody wants to admit that they were wrong. But sometimes you have to acknowledge we have to do better with these things. And like I'm not asking for them to go back and do a mea culpa. I'm just saying you have to have something in place. You can't leave these cities and schools to have no resources, drastic cuts from the state state revenue sharing, and then wonder why they can't perform perform the functions that we're expecting them to perform. So we have to look at that. There's no question about it. I mean that's that is. One of the, if we don't get that done in the, in the time I'm here, the last two years, then we've done a huge disservice. And to your first point, and I'm not, I'm not even going to criticize you. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think, I don't think there was ever a time Rick Snyder said, "Let's hurt the people of Flint." Mm-hmm. My problem with, with with Governor Snyder is it often felt like it just didn't, it just, he just didn't care, and um, it felt often like the administration was trying to repair their public image. As opposed to taking it like a public health crisis, right? So, well, well, the the uh, early reaction that's been my biggest that's been my biggest frustration. Yeah, we, I'm running out of time here, but the just wanted to point out that the initial reactions were were very. It seemed like, at least to me, genuinely, uh, you know, that that Snyder genuinely wanted to do something to repair uh, the trust in some ways for a moment, 
And then suddenly yeah. they became incredibly insular, very, very defensive. He stopped talking to reporters not long after that, as, as often as he used to. It, it just seemed like the defensiveness kicked in pretty quickly. Well, once we forced them to acknowledge it was a serious problem, like once they had to acknowledge it, then it seemed like for a period of time we had a window where it was we had a window to actually make the systematic changes. And I would say we passed a lot of money, a lot of resources, and often I was telling them it was the wrong way to do it. But I couldn't vote against tens of millions of dollars for my community. And it, it felt often. That's why the recovery is not as far along as it is, because the way we allocated the money, where we allocated it, how we spent it sometimes was just wrong. Mm. And oftentimes they were, you know, oftentimes I'd be told, well, the mayor supports it. And I'd say, well, I, I don't agree with them. I think both I think both of you guys are wrong. And obviously, you know, I mean, I, I understand that that desire. OK, well, the mayor, Mayor Weaver, Governor Snyder support it. And you don't, Jim. Well, then vote against it. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just telling you how to do it better. And obviously that didn't happen. And that's to your point. I think it's a very good point. They started they changed their tone and the way they operated just like a, like a light switch came on. And um, unfortunately, I think it it it. It, it slowed down the recovery. It slowed. It, it definitely hurt the trust factor in our community because it could have been rebuilt, and it still can, but it's going to take longer now. Yeah. Jim Ananick, State Senate Democratic Leader from Flint, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's all for Mishmash this week. I'm Jake Neer for Shana Roth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>